morning, church. Good morning. My name is Carl. What a blessing it is for me to stand before you to read the Word of God. Today we live in a world where we feel it is unlike any other time in history. We will repeatedly have sayings and phrases that exclaim how the world is unlike anything anybody has ever seen. But if we actually take a step back, we see that the narrative of the story and the struggle has been the same. And what is that narrative? God is faithful. And even in a broken world, God meets us where we are. What is the struggle? Because of this broken world, sin is still ever present. Yet God in his mercy has responded to that sin by sending his son. The text today gives us an encouraging and empowering word, a word that rings loud and clear to us as followers of Jesus Christ, that sounds like a gospel hope. It helps remind its reader that you have been given the truth and the truth liberates you. And the amazing part is that we still are called to invite others into it. Scripture for today, John 8, 31 to 36. The truth will set you free. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never enslaved, been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Please join me in the responsive reading on the screen. I can see it, all right. All flesh is grass and all in its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Hey, he said, the truth shall set you free. Hey, <laughs> praise God. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. My name is Alex Lorio. I'm a pastor here on staff at First Presbyterian Church, and we are delighted to worship with you, and I am delighted to worship with you this Lord's Day. Uh, please join me in prayer. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to your word that we might clearly understand it and that we might greatly receive it, and that we may faithfully apply it to our lives. Father, as my words are true to your words, may they be taken to heart. But if my words should stray from your words, may they be quickly forgotten. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. I love when my brother reads the word, man. I'll tell you what, I mean, it just, 
the deepness of his voice, but more importantly, it's God's word, praise God. And I don't care who, which scripture readers up here, it just gives me more chills. So brother Carl, thank you so much for uh, reading God's word this morning. Church, uh, I want to start this morning by first acknowledging that we have been through a season of brokenheartedness, emotional fluctuation, heated controversial debates and talking points, and though our fleshly desire is to take up arms and defend any position that we adhere to, I want to graciously invite you into a different posture. I want to invite you and this church, along with the multitudes of others that are around the world, to press into our biblical roots. And what is that root? Scripture says, and Jesus says in his own words, do you not know that my house is a house of prayer? Beloved, I want to encourage you to actually take your hands and take your feet and to be instruments of mercy and instruments of grace in this time, completely rooted in the truth of the gospel. And let the Lord lead and to take you places you have never been and never even thought about going. Let the word inspire and encourage you to empower, to, to empower you, to equip you, to be the men and women God has called you to be. We can become overwhelmed by politics and pressures of this current time, but let me remind you that just as we are facing pressures and social issues, Jesus and his disciples struggled in their own time as well. And in my last sermon, I preached in traditional, and even here, I gave the example that we have a good reason to look back on the faithfulness of God. We have a good reason to look back at the testimonies and the faithfulness of God, because it reminds us that just as he was faithful then, we trust he can be faithful now. And as he is faithful now, we can trust that he will continue to be faithful as we walk forward. The gospel comforts us in the midst of these times because it reminds us that we serve a God that has responded to the pain in this life and has made a way for salvation to be in this broken world. Church, let, me, let us remain in a posture of prayer. And after we have prayed, and after we have sought clarity by, from God by dwelling in his word, let us put our faith in action to love and to serve all whom God is sending you to love and serve. We are only capable of doing all that we can with what we've been given and are responsible to steward the gifts and abilities and opportunities well, regardless of what happens out there, because there's a lot happening. Regardless of what's happening outside these walls, again, the church is the people, not the building. And we as a people, regardless of everything that's happening around us, it does not change the way that we worship our God or the authority that he has, amen? It does not challenge any of those things. People proclaim things as if this is wins or losses for the sake of Christianity. Newsflash, this is not a time where we wonder if God is winning or losing, that the battle, uh, if like there's still a, a battle between the enemy or, or God. The battle has already been won, church, and it happened when Jesus rose from the grave. And since that day, since that day, there has been, th this fight has been overcome. We know the results. Jesus is on the throne and we can be comforted, completely comforted in that. 
This is not a time to wonder or, or, or say like, oh, this is a victory or this is a defeat. The battle has already been won when Jesus rose. He is victorious and his word is truth. And the truth sets us free. And we are free, church. Free and free indeed. That if there's anybody that thinks that there's still a contest, if anybody thinks that there's still blows happening between the devil or the Lord, the truth is this, there's a, that is a small view of God and a skewed view of this life in regards to the gospel. And church, let me invite you to please walk alongside me and help me grow as well. Let us grow together as a church because I, have still, I still have plenty of room to grow. I need God daily to help me learn to see how God is calling us as a congregation and us as a family forward. Beloved, let us continue to corporately submit ourselves to God's word, to let us walk in obedience to his precepts and to let us firmly remain steadfast and trusting that, you know what? In all these things, God is still in control. You are still free to love people. In your heartbreak, in your frustration, in your anger, and in any position you're in, God is still in control. And you can't trust, you can't, we cannot trust the hands of man, but thanks be to God, we can trust the creator that created the stars in the sky, that formed the earth, that loved you so much, that sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you. That's the God you can serve, and that's the God you can trust. And though we might have insecurities and questions, that's whom we can trust. This text this morning comes to us in a crucial time. And honestly, because of the recent mission trip that I just came back from, it helps give perspective. Now you're gonna see a picture on the screen. The Dominican Republic in which I came back about a week ago was a beautiful place filled with beautiful people. And shout out to the team there in the Dominican Republic working with Food from the Hungry and my brothers and sisters and our brothers and sisters in Christ over there that we were able to partner with. And when you are a part of a mission to love and serve people in a community, which if I take a step back, they served us and welcomed us. They loved us and invited us into their culture, invited us into their celebration of life, invited us into worship alongside with them. But even as you are on mission, you are able to see the needs that are around the world and honest issues that other people face. And we see this right now as many mission, mission trips have gone out and many mission trips have returned and all of them can say the same thing, that the same God that we worship here is the same God that is at work over there because it's not that here's a priority, that's a priority. This entire world, God saw in his eye and desired to redeem it all and we are on mission, thanks be to God, with others, brothers and sisters in Christ that speak different languages than we do. We are all part of one church body. And though we are not using the pain or the struggle of others in other countries or in other places uh, to move us forward, we can take a step back and see the reality and marvel at the faith of the grand church body, the grand church body. From, for us there in the Dominican Republic, when we were, whether we were digging, taking bucket showers, to hotel, I mean, to uh, house visits, to farm visits, where we saw to see cocoa plants and things like that, to doing VBS with kiddos, just as they had here this past week, just as they had here, God is clearly moving. We worshiped in a different language, but, but the message was still the same. 
And they have a song and it just gets me excited to see the passion that they have. They said, recibe toda la gloria. Recibe toda la honra. Precioso hijo de Dios. God, you receive all of the glory. You receive all of the honor. Precious son of our God. We are free church to make a joyful noise because the word of our precious Jesus sets us free. And this text that we're sitting in today reminds us of that. We are free. We first see this in this text that Jesus is addressing a people group. And it is the Jews that have believed as they have just recently heard from him that Jesus may in fact possibly be the Messiah. So Jesus speaks of how one can truly identify to be a true disciple. We see this in the text, and if you see it uh, in the, in the word, uh, it says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We are all faced, church, all of us. We're all faced with asking the question of our discipleship at times and the validity of our faithfulness and our discipleship. My encouragement to you is not to look to the actions and the lives of others when you read this text, right? Because that's our temptation. No, my encouragement to you is not to look to the actions and the lives of others, but to look upon your own walk, because that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's inviting the reader, he's inviting those that are hearing to look at their own lives. Jesus is making a statement and invites its hearers to look at their own walk and to look at their own life and to look at their faith. We can see that we can get so caught up. We can get so caught up in looking at other people. We can get so caught up in looking at other people's lives. You see, when we do that, uh, we make assumptions. We make assumptions and we start labeling others and saying like, oh, they're not a true Christian because of X, Y, or Z. They're not a Christian because of this, that, or the other. This is not what this is about. This is to reflect yourself. And as you're sitting there saying these things, oh, that's not a true Christian because of X, Y, or Z. Church, if I can please invite you into something, my invitation to you is called minding your own business and walking in faith. Hey, hey, minding your own business and walking in faith. It says, if you abide in my word to dwell, to be with, to be connected with me, if you abide in my word, Jesus is saying, you will truly be my disciple. Jesus is speaking of his own precious word. The same word that earlier in this book said that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then it said later that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That dwelling among us is Jesus. He dwelt among us. How about we take a second and ask ourselves, have we taken time to be in God's word? Have we taken time to ask the Lord to shape us, to mold us? Have we, have we asked him to refine us, to renew us? And check this, have we asked him to correct us or to prune us? Like, let's take five seconds and ask about pruning like sometimes we strive for a life of comfort, but I can tell you now, if a rose bush doesn't get pruned, the rose bush can't be as big or as grand or as beautiful or as lush as it is supposed to be, yet the gardener prunes it and, and takes things away for it to grow. And so if you're striving to remain comfortable, man, take a look at your own life. And my encouragement is this, walk alongside somebody. 
You don't have to walk alone. Ask the Lord, Lord, prune me. Put me in positions where I can grow and be refined. Ask those questions of yourself as you look at your own life. And then, if we take that time, then we remember his word and have compassion in our hearts. And then, because we have compassion in our hearts, if you, feel, if you still feel some type of way about somebody else, then you can lovingly and graciously speak to your brother or your sister in Christ and then walk with them. And then walk with them, committing to doing life with them, not just making a vain comment or gossip, but truly walking alongside them. We, we can do that just as the Israelites walk together from their bondage from Egypt, so too church, we as a body walk together from the victory that happened on the cross of Calvary, the cross that is a, 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 an image of freedom for us, for the shackles and the brokenness of this life have been broken. How do we walk in this freedom? by abiding in Jesus and the truth of his word and let the word of God free you from worldly powers, from principalities, status quos or expectations. Live free in Jesus. Jesus, his words when he says these things imply that there are, there's bondage. And this is why the Jews responded in a knee-jerk reaction. You see them say, but they answered him, we are of the offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anybody. How is it that you say you will become free? Man, I, I, wanted, I wish I saw Jesus' face at that moment. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the Jews went there and that they name-dropped Abraham like that. And even more so, what's interesting is how Jesus responded. Jesus could have easily went and spoke about Egypt. He could have easily spoke about vile kings or the exile or the oppression or even the current state of, of, at the time of being oppressed by Roman rule. But Jesus goes straight to the issue. He doesn't even address all those things. He goes straight to the issue, the true issue that was from the very beginning, sin. I always bring this up, but the God of the universe never forgot what happened in the garden. God knew that the separation that happened was because of deception, but the deception of the enemy. Thus, he promised away that very day that freedom would come and that the enemy would be crushed. God is faithful to see his plan come to fruition. Jesus lovingly responds straight to them. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, and the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son has set you free, you are free and free indeed. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Let's stop. Anybody else here ever fall to sin? Fall into sin? Have you ever messed up? Have you ever acted in a way that you weren't supposed to act? Said something that was in poor taste? Wrestled with greed, pride, slothfulness, gluttony? Have you ever acted outside of the bounds of godly relationship and acted and gave into your own fleshly desires? Partaking of terrible thoughts or committed and said horrible things in the dark? 
chose your own desires and your own opinions over God's? Can I speak for all of us? Or is it just a table for one? Yes, church, all of us, all of us have fallen short. Church, we are not only were slaves to sin that held us captive, but we were dead in our sin. And if there's one thing about dead things is that dead things can't bring themselves to life. No, 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 I'm just gonna do good works or no, I'm just a good person or positive vibes has ever saved any person from their sin. Never. Those that are enslaved do not remain in the house, but those that are considered family remain in the house. Jesus is clearly saying in our sin, we could not remain in the house of the Lord. Yet, and I love it when it's always yet, but God, yet God, yet God, in his mercy made a way for you and made a way for me. He makes a way. Beloved, rather than being overwhelmed by the weight of sin, we should marvel at the mercy that God has shown. Rather than feeling defeated from the brokenness that is in this life, we should rejoice that our Redeemer is redeeming and our Redeemer lives. He is alive and he is moving. He is calling people to himself and he is calling you and looks at you and says, I love you. I am for you. I love you. Jesus says, so who if the son, so if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. You see, we all came into this world wrestling with sin and that is what separated us from God and our God and our King. But Jesus came down. Jesus was born of a refugee and entered the story. Jesus, fully God and fully man, lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death. He died a sinner's death and the sin that was so heavy on us that we had no way of saving ourselves, God made a way. And the word says that Jesus not only took away the sin, but that Jesus became sin and received a just punishment for that sin on the cross. And though the grave kept him for three days, praise be to God, we're able to shout, oh death, where is your sting? Because he rose again from the dead. Just as God makes a way for dry bones to come to life, so church, we have been brought to life, not by our own doing, but because the God of this magnificent mission that was sent to redeem and restore all things to himself has come. He has come and he has left us a helper, which is the Holy Spirit that resides in you and that resides in me. And with this kindred spirit, we walk forward. It says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Jesus breaks the chains and proclaims freedom in him and him alone. And you are free indeed. And I love the fact that Jesus adds this little indeed in giving some freedom, some weight because there are moments when we look at our lives and imply that freedom is temporary. There are times we look at our lives and we think freedom is temporary from the things that we wrestle with. And that liberation needs to continue over and over and over and over again. Jesus is communicating something different. Jesus says, you are free and free indeed. 
so that though you may wrestle with the sin that is in this life, you are not bound and your identity has changed from slave to sin to son and daughter of the living king. You are in the house of the Lord. Your identity has changed and you are to walk different. You're gonna talk different. You're gonna smile a little bit more. You're gonna worship a little bit louder because at once you were once a slave and you felt the pressure and the weight of what it meant to feel fear, but now you can be faithful in the way that you rejoice, faithful in the way that you love others, and faithful to move forward in community, church. You were once a slave, but now you're a son and a daughter. You were once dead, and now you have been brought to life. You once felt lost, and now you have been found by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We can feel as if we have been unloved and nobody saw us, but you are loved and God sees you. Without, we can sometimes feel in this world that there is no purpose to anything, that anything is just anything, and you can feel that you've been without purpose, yet God shows you, I knew you in your mother's womb. I have a purpose for your life, and so long as there's breath in your lungs, I'm gonna use you to love others the same way that God first loved you. Martin Luther said it best, Simon, Eustace et peccador, and it means though we, are we, though we are simultaneously justified and a sinner, we're both at the same time, simultaneously justified and simultaneously a sinner. We will wrestle in this life, but we have an advocate who fights on our behalf, and he has given his word to bless us and remind us that there is still a mission, and that mission is to lovingly invite others to know who he is. As, as the musicians come up slowly, um, I, I came and I heard a couple of uh, Texas facts this week. Um, my friend told me, hey Alex, here's a Texas fact. Don't say, don't say that I told you this fact. You know, just, I just wanted to give it to you. I said, okay, Jacob Cole, I promise I won't tell anybody that you told me this fact and wanted to have a shout out for the University of Texas, all right? So don't worry, Jacob, I won't tell nobody. It's all good. In the middle of Austin, Texas, where our state capital is located, in the middle of the city, there is the UT main building. And on that building, it reads a line and a verse, and it says, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I kind of love the idea that at the center of the city that holds the state government, the words are inscribed on this building. But I have to believe that this saying means different things to different people. When I was younger, I thought the truth, uh, I thought my truth was defined on how hard I worked and my ability to rise above expectations. And here, as Bob's gonna put up there, don't make fun of me. <laughs> here is, is a picture of when I was invited to a UT football camp when I was in high school. Um, and it was a phenomenal time. And I had so many thoughts during that time. The truth was different. And as you leave that picture up, you can see uh, something starkly different. You can see something starkly different than from when I was in. When I was young, I was eager. I was young, I was eager, and I was scared. I was scared because I knew that just around the corner, graduation was on the way, and nobody in my family had ever finished college. I was a first-generation student, and though, and I, I thought that if I could just work hard, I could be appreciated by my parents and by others, and eventually feel loved. I worked hard. I worked hard because I didn't want people to see the shackles of the depression or low self-esteem hold me down. 
I didn't want people to know that the chains of anger and frustration was, a, was constant because I was a friend to most, yet I felt so, so alone. I felt, I felt that type of way. And when I look at this picture, I see the weight of the need to be perceived as tough and strong was ever on my heart. And that there was no way I should smile. I was on a knee next to an idle crystal football, thinking that if I can work my way to freedom, I can do it as if I try my best. But you see, it was not on, it was on a different set of knees that I found freedom. It was on a different set of knees that I found freedom. And I don't have a picture when I first fell to my knees in prayer to the Lord or when I responded to the love. And I know, but I do know this. Ever since that day that I fell to my knees to respond to the love of Christ, I haven't stopped smiling. I haven't stopped smiling, church. I haven't stopped. Because you cannot take away the joy from someone that knew they were in bondage to now have freedom. People wonder why I smile and that I dance and why I'm so full of passion. And it is because the word has set me free. Jesus has broken the chains and I can't help but to give my God some praise. Amen. Praise God. I cannot help it but to give him praise. And though I may not have a picture of when I first came to faith, this is a picture of me committing that I I will give the rest of my life to serving others and to grow alongside each of you every single day. It is an open declaration in this picture that I am not for the things of this world, but I'm for the truth of the gospel. And if you are like me and have experienced freedom in Jesus, if you are like me and has experienced freedom in Jesus, give God a shout of praise right now in this room. Oh no, 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 no. No, 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 we're gonna run that back. If you have been set free, if you have been set free from depression, if you have been set free from anxiety, if you've been set free from loneliness, expectations of this world, if you have been set free from working for affection and transactional relationships of others, if you have been set free from pride, shame, guilt, if you have been set free from feeling unwanted, from feeling unlovable, from feeling unusable, if you've been set free from addiction, and if you've been set free from the lies of the enemy and know that the truth of God loves you and cares for you and wants to get to know you and is not done with you yet. If you have been set free, give God a shout of praise in this house. The truth shall set you free. The truth will set you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you want to experience this love and freedom, I want to encourage you as right now, as, as, as the prayer team's gonna come forward and they're, they're, they're gonna get in their positions. If I want to encourage you, if you're in need of prayer, to come forward and to pray with these people, with, with, with our brothers and sisters. Pray with our prayer team. If you are near a friend and you're nervous to go forward alone, please, please, please ask your friend, will you please walk with me to go get prayer? This is the house of prayer. And God answers the prayers of his people and he hears you. And though things don't go the way you think or the way it should be, God's plans are so much greater than our plans. And he loves you. This is a house of prayer. These people are people of truth and grace. And the God we serve 
is a God of righteousness and love and he is calling you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you for the freedom that we find in you. And Lord, though we can sometimes get emotional because we remember the weight, Father, help us to remind us that just as we saw in that Vacation Bible School video, where little kids are just running with joy, not understanding everything that's going on around them, but fully loved and protected. Lord, so we here, Lord, let us have the posture in the heart of children that run to you when we're hurting, run to you when we feel lost, run to you when we feel scared, run to you when we don't know what to do next. Let us run to you with open arms as you sit there and you say, mijo, mija, my son, my daughter, come to me and I will give you rest and I will, con- I will set you free from all those expectations. You are fully loved and you are fully mine and nothing can take you from my hands. Lord, we thank you for the truth that is in your word and we pray that it would continue to free us to love others the same way you called us to love and to serve others that you have called us to serve. Lord, let us walk together as one church body. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, amen.